Game Week podcast on Penalty Box Radio. Justin Bradford here. Joining me this week is the man, Tyrone Bronte, having a heck of a season so far for the UH Chargers. Tyrone, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Justin. So just let's focus on last week because it was a yep. big week for, for you guys, a big sweep of Ferris State. Uh, you guys get the overtime thriller and then a shutout as well, and you're named the WCHA Rookie of the Week, which I know, especially with most hockey players, it's not about the individual awards, it's about the team. So we'll focus on that. Uh-huh. What was it like for you to experience this, especially knowing what the team's been through, to get the, those two big wins to ho- to open the season at home? Uh, that was a lot of things that was happening Um well, I guess that I hadn't experienced before and they were really fun to experience with the team. So, like, for example, uh, that was really the first game at home at all, anywhere that we had a significant amount of fans. So that was – it kind of changed the uh, the vibe, I guess you can say, of the game itself. Um, so to pull out a win in front of fans, especially our home fans, was really exciting. Um, yeah, and obviously getting two wins, we, we know from – from last year, the team only had two wins the whole season, so we, you know, we strive to do better than we did last year. The team did last year, um, and that's a good start for sure. Having a sweep in one, in one weekend, so yeah. And for you, I mean, to be recognized as Rookie of the Week because you're just continuing to to make so many good waves for the UH Chargers. Uh, what does it mean to you just be recognized by the conference like that? Oh, it's so, you know, it's 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 humbling. It's um, overwhelming there's a lot of you know it's 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 really cool because um it's almost like i i don't feel like i'm standing out too much you know like at times i feel oh i made a nice play here i made a nice play there but um i feel like i'm just trying to do the little things that we're taught um to do in practice and you know try and help the team as much as we can and i guess i'm you know i'm being rewarded for going on the net things like that and whether it's luck good puck bounces or you know um, whatever it is, I'm getting recognized for it, so that's that's really cool. But um, obviously, without the team's help, that none of that would be possible. So no, absolutely. And I mean, this team is young, considering there's a lot of freshmen and sophomores on this team in terms of college hockey experience. But obviously, many of you guys played in junior hockey, whether it's North American or USHL, things like that. But given how young this team is and how quickly you guys had to gel together, what does it mean to you that you guys have basically played with a chip on your shoulder and you've come together so quickly, especially for being such a young team? Yeah, it's it's to me it's it's I'm you know I'm enjoying it because it's um it's hard not to get the an underdog sort of feeling and I don't really like <laughs> but at, at times it does feel like that when you're a young team. And maybe, you know, we just came from a, from having our program closed not too long ago. So, um, you know, people might not think that we're um, a competing team, a competitive team. So to come out as underdogs with a such young team and to give really good teams a hard time and, and get some wins um, early on in the season like this, it's, it's huge. And, and for you, too, this is a new experience. Obviously, you did travel and things like that playing in the N.A., uh, but a little bit different, obviously, in college hockey. I mean, you're having to go to the, from Huntsville, Alabama to the UP of Michigan and then going to Bemidji and going to northern Minnesota. What's that experience been like for you, and how are you able to take that and grow from it? Um, yeah, you're right. It is different. It's, you know, a lot further road trips, but it's also, you know, it's, it's run really well, so we – we're able to sleep in the bus and we have the, the sleeping buses and the schedules planned out really well for us. So we really, we have, what's different is I have um, the best opportunity to just focus on getting ready for the games. And really most of everything else is taken care of, which is really nice. That's 
I'd say the main thing that I'm sort of not used to, but it's nice getting used to it for sure. <laughs> for sure. And so just for a little bit to get to know you as well, because it's always fun to get to know you. Obviously, as many folks know, you're originally from Australia and everything, and it's really cool uh-huh. to see how much hockey's growing in that country, and we see it just with the, the AIHL, and then obviously yep. Australia icing the team for World Juniors and, and, and that category as well. What have you uh-huh. seen in the growth of the sport uh, in your home country, and just how does that excite you to see the sport that you obviously love playing is continuing to grow in Australia? I think it's it's amazing. You know, I've, I've always wanted to um, have a bigger platform in Australia for hockey and um, it'd be more popular and now that um, you know it's it had to start by uh, guys moving overseas and playing overseas such as myself and a lot of other guys from Australia and getting the knowledge and even people before me and generation before me would do that and get the knowledge from overseas and bring it back to Australia and I think that's how it started growing more than it had in the past was people moving overseas and getting knowledge and experience in you know, really good places like Canada and Europe and, and bringing that back to Australia. So if that can keep happening, I'm sure Australia will be competitive sometime soon. So, Oh, absolutely. And it's just really cool to see that the game growing there uh, as well. And so if there is advice, I mean, maybe there's going to be someone listening in Australia that maybe has always thought about getting into hockey and everything. What, what What's the kind of advice you give to someone in Australia, uh, just especially where you're from, if they want to get uh-huh. involved in it, because I know just like in the South, ice isn't always readily available and everything right. too. So if someone wants to get involved with it, what are the other routes that people can take to try to try out ice hockey or even street hockey if they want to? Um, yeah, for sure. Well, um, how, well, how I started was playing roller hockey. And um, I think that was detrimental to um, my progression through hockey. So even if someone doesn't have access to ice straight away, like I, I, I wasn't, you know, I was surrounded by people who, who play ice hockey or anything like that, but I was able to play roller hockey, and um, that helped me a lot. And I know other guys even from the States, in the southern parts like Florida, my roommate, Adrian Danchenko, um, was playing roller hockey too. So it's definitely a good place to start, and if you can learn a lot of the fundamentals on, on roller skates and on you know a roller rink, you can certainly transition that to ice whenever you can get the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've seen plenty of guys, and usually you can tell when they've done inline because their skating style is sometimes a little different, uh, but yeah. but it's definitely a lot of fun. So oh, it, it is a transition for sure. It takes a bit of work. But. No doubt. I mean, I had a, I had a teammate before. He forgot to sharpen his blades for ice <laughs> because he's so used to roll. He's like, I just thought that's how it feels. <laughs> yeah, it, it is different. Uh, yeah. It absolutely is. So I, I talked to, to Dave Fessenden. Uh, transitioning back before we finish up here talked to Dave Fessenden uh, yesterday just about the the big game for him and how he's become so pivotal for you guys as well getting his first career shutout what is it like to know you have a goaltender behind you guys that is able to stand up when necessary Uh, I mean it's it's outstanding and we all we all see him every day in practice so we know how good he is and um, even coming off the first game uh, Friday night when we we won in overtime um, he still played really well but he was you know, adamant. I heard him say multiple times, like, you know, thanks, like, good job, boys, help me out, and I'll be better tomorrow. And um, we we knew he would, and he, that's exactly what he did. He came out and played lights out. So yeah, we can trust that guy without everything, and it makes it so much easier for us to be able to make plays up and down the ice, and not have to worry about you know goals going in that shouldn't 
<laughs> Absolutely. And and lastly, you guys are going up to Bemidji, and I'm sure the, the coaches, being alums, have told you about the rivalry that has existed between these two clubs before. Is that something yep. you guys are aware of or looking forward to, or is it one of those things, it's just another game, you know you have a goal to go and accomplish, or is there a little extra pressure and excitement around this, given the history and the rivalry between these two teams? Um, Coach Lance, did, uh, Lance West did talk about, did mention the you know, the, the long history and the rivalry. But, you know, we still have to do the same thing we always do and prepare against a specific team and um, and try and go out there and, and try and win. Like, we were told, you know, that, the, that Lance has seen their, their systems for 20 years now. And so, we, we you know, we're aware of that history. But it's not a it's not a huge thing that we're using for motivation. Really, we're just, we're just trying to take one step at a time and, you know, coming from last weekend, getting two wins, we have to take another step. Whether it's a win or if, even if it's not, it's got to be, you know, we're playing better in this area or in that area. So, Hey, that makes sense. Well, Tyrone, thanks so much for joining me. Best of luck and safe travels to you all. Everybody be, will be watching. The excitement level just continues to grow on UH Hockey. So thanks so much, man. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Good to talk to you. Joining me now, everyone, is Carlos Zirnes, assistant coach for UH Chargers. A big weekend in the past, another big weekend coming up. So, Carlos, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So, let's just first of all just talk about how big this was for the program to get that sweep of Ferris State. Uh, first of all, in, in overtime, which was thrilling, and then the, the shutout. What did that mean to you as, as, as a coach for this team and, and everything that's been building up to this point, and especially they're able to do this at home for the home opener? Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a big weekend for us, uh, and uh, it was kind of in, in anticipation because everything happened in the summertime with the program and everything else. And it was it was our first home weekend, and again, we're the only team, I guess, in the college uh, hockey that's allowed uh, so many fans in the stands. So, you know, so it was it was definitely it was definitely great. And uh, again, we played well. Uh, played, I thought you know overall in the games we played well Friday and it plays well on Saturday, but still got it done. So it's 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 great to get the two wins on on a weekend and it's been a long time in the program when they had a had a sweep at home and just looking at how the season's been there have been plenty of close games there was the tie there was plenty of one goal losses already which could be seen as a moral victory just to be in games so what did it mean for the confidence of this group too to get over that hurdle to win something in overtime to have that and then to build on top of that to shut a team out as well yeah, especially as a coach, you 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 have a process in your mind how you're going to go about business, how you're going to build build the program, how you're going to build structurally everything else, right? And and just X's and O's point of wise. And again, like it's great to see the result on it, right? Like you mentioned, the, the close games, and I thought we deserved better in some of those games, but we end up still in the lost column. We played pretty pretty good solid hockey games we just lost by a goal and it's going to happen and it's get it's great to get rewarded and the guys see it okay you know if we do these things what you preach about day in day out they actually work and it's great to see the result at the end of it right it's always it's harder to get the buy-in right when you lose by a goal now when you win by a goal or win in overtime whatever or not you stick to the process you keep going to work you're trying to get better every day now they can see that, and now, again, they get rewarded with two wins on a weekend. And now let's talk about special teams. I mean, special teams, I know the season's still young, but plenty of teams have played plenty of games already, and the power play first is converting at 28.6%, which is pretty darn good, ranking fourth nationally entering the week. 
the power play is obviously one of those units that can make or break a game and you're able to convert when you have the extra man obviously it gives you a better chance of winning and taking advantage of those opportunities what is it about this team especially being so young that they're doing so well in the power play right now I think I mean, the, the gelling is a group, right? This is, is a five-man unit, right? Uh, again, they kind of always power plays is, is like you don't want to complicate it too much, right? And I think they just kind of play it. They see the option and they use it. They're not overthinking it or they're not overpassing it. They're shooting mentalities first. They shoot and then get the rebounds. Again, some of the goals we got are just a second, third effort around the net. And again, that's just our defenseman delivering puck to the to the net and, and then forwards getting those rebounds. So again, that's the big thing is is like they're not overthinking it and they're just they're just playing and they just see the first option and they use it. And usually that that works because sometimes if you overthink too much and hold it, your your lanes and your your options close and uh, and sometimes you, you struggle. So sometimes you and again they just keep it simple, get to the net, get get the shots, and it, it's working for them. And now on to the penalty kill too, which is obviously very important. Uh, plenty of penalties were taken against Ferris State over the weekend, yeah. but the team itself is killing them off and everything too. What does it say about the sacrifice that these guys are making, knowing that, again, that they're young, but they're coming together and gelling as such a group as well, too? What is it saying about this group and the type of group that they're becoming, that they're having such a successful penalty kill in the early in the season? Yeah, absolutely. Again, big, big, big biggest part of your penalty kill is your goaltender, right? So, uh, so that's, that's the biggest one, right? You can have all the best X's and O's in the world, but if a goalie can't stop the puck, right, it, it doesn't matter what you do. So again, uh, you know, obviously David's played the majority of the games, and he's done an outstanding job being a net and just kind of being a backbone of the, of the of the penalty kill, right? And the guys just feed off him, right? Like he, they they see him, he's in the zone, he's playing well, and again, they're doing their part, blocking shots and doing all the little things that they need to do to make sure that the penalty penalty kill successful. And again, it's just a big, like you said, it's a big momentum switch too, right? In the game, when you have a penalty kill and suddenly you, you know, you're you on the ropes and you kill it, and then the guys get that momentum. Another team maybe loses a little bit of momentum of, you know, some guys blocking some shots, goalies making some saves, right? Guys feel safe and now momentum switches. So it's, that's a big part of it. And I know everybody's contributing. Obviously, a guy that play power play minutes, and then you have guys who play penalty minutes. So again, it's just like the part of it is everybody's got a piece in this, and everybody's got something invested. And whatever or not, you're, if you're a penalty killer, you got something invested into this. And same thing on a power play, you got something invested. In so everybody feels like they're contributing to to the victories. Now let's talk about Tyrone Bronte. Almost a point-per-game player right now. He's killing it. He's obviously making a huge impact on this club so early in the season, too. What is so special about Tyrone Bronte and where he's finding himself on the ice? Obviously, he's got good good skill set, right? Starts with that. He's got a good, good skill set, good hockey IQ. Uh, he's uh, and But on top of that, he's just extremely competitive player that just comes and works every day he just doesn't rely on his skill and his natural talent and everything else so he just competes every day and is trying to get better right he's always looking every day how to improve his game whatever it is if it's a shot if it's a tip it's a face-off right whatever it is he's looking always to improve every day and i think that just makes him so special because he's just he's just again he's a good player and but he's trying to improve every day and trying to get better every day and that way he, you know he's going to be successful day in day out 
out because he's trying to get better every day. Okay, so looking ahead to next weekend, the Midgies coming up. And obviously just from your time there and from the other coaching staff, the rivalry was still there. How do you keep the rivalry still present for the players that are there right now too to, to understand the history of this team uh, and these two rivals playing each other like that? And how amped is this team to play Bemidji? Yeah, obviously, yeah, that's the biggest rivalry when I was here when we were playing. Same thing with, with, with Lance. Uh, Bemidji was our biggest biggest opponent that we went head and head to it. And the, again, the history before with the national title, championship games, and everything else. So all you do is just talk about it and educate your players about it. You know, what, what happened in the past, right? And you, you talk about it and you just kind of see how much passionate as a coach you talk about it and, and, and they can feed off that and understand the history behind it between the two schools. Uh, and again, it's great. They're a great team, right? They, they, they've been a great team. Their last year finished, I think, top 10 in the country before the pandemic hit. And again, they're just kind of reloading and they're, they're a great team and it's going to be an unbelievable challenge for us going up there up north and, and playing them. And so in these travel times as well, I mean, obviously it's a big deal to be back at home after starting on the road. And it seems like it's historical now to always start on the road with big, long road trips. And I mean, the week before you guys had Michigan Tech up in the UP, yeah. and now you're going all the way back up to Bemidji and everything too. This type of schedule though as well, and what we're seeing with this team being young and everything too, having these road trips, are you seeing them being able to bond and take this opportunity in these long road trips to bond even more? Yeah, it's obviously yeah, it definitely is. But again, it's the same time. It's a little tougher because just with the restrictions and rules and all that kind of stuff. Some of the meals you can't eat together. You just got a box. You got to pick up your box and go uh, go sit in your room and eat and, uh, and everything else. But uh, no, they're definitely gelling gelling as a group. Uh, I think you're forced to at the same time because not just on road, but same thing on campus and everything else. Uh, you know, they're just they're hanging out more with each other instead of just kind of, again, not, during a normal school year, you have some things going on, you have classes here and there, and most of the classes are online, right? So they're just more gelling together as a group. And uh, again, with the road trips, it always does help, right? It always does help, but, it's, but it is a little bit different. They just can't do some things that they usually do, playing cards or eating meals together or anything like that. You have restrictions on, on that, but no, we're def they're definitely a tight-knit group and um, you know the upperclassmen welcome the freshmen and, and freshmen uh, you know working their tails off to to show that they, they belong and they, they can play this game and uh, do their, their part well you can definitely see it on the ice the amount of energy this group has and and you can tell just in talking to the kids how energized they are to be playing for you and to be playing for for Lance and Carmine as well so it's just great to see the the turnaround with the program coming along well and wish you the best of luck this weekend Carlos no, I appreciate it. I appreciate, appreciate everything, and uh, thanks for having me, and uh, good luck with everything.